Unrivaled, the official podcast of Penn State football. Harrison in motion away from us. Back goes Jackson. Screen coming up to McFarland. Makes the catch and is ripped out by Jesse Luquette at the line of scrimmage. On this episode of the Unrivaled podcast, we visit with sophomore linebacker Jesse Luquetta after Penn State collected a 35-7 victory this past Saturday over Purdue. They will now shift their attention towards Iowa as that game set for a 7.30 kickoff inside Kinnick Stadium. The Penn State Nittany Lions had 10 sacks on Saturday, which was the most in school history since a school record 11 against Illinois back in 1999. Without further ado, we welcome in sophomore linebacker Jesse Lucchetta. Jesse, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. It's a pleasure to be here on this podcast with you. I mean, 10 sacks against Purdue as a defense. How ridiculous is that? Um, honestly, it's insane. Um, what we live for. Jesse, take me through what a typical week looks like for you. So you'll kick off against Iowa this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. But what does your Sunday through Saturday look like? Um, individually, for me personally, I try to uh, start preparing and watching film on the opponent Sunday night. Um, you know, just get to relax. I start seeing, the, uh, start trying to, you know, um, view their the tendencies from the offense, the quarterback, running back, formation wise. Uh, from Monday, a day off, mainly a recovery day for me. Honestly, get to just get in the tubs, stretch, watch more film, um, get with the other guys, special teams, um, get with the linebacker group, and even with the safeties and the corners and whatnot, and just keep keep working. Uh, and then from Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday, you know, those, those are our work days. You know, we got hard hat Tuesday, as Coach Pryor loves to say. <laughs> and then we got Wednesday, and then we got Thursday. So Friday for us is just, you know, we call it Fast Friday, but that's just another day. Just, you know, keep working, open up the gears, and start running, get prepared for Saturday. What's your favorite part about traveling? Uh, the food. Food. <laughs> the food. What's your favorite food? Uh, the Alfredo. I love me some Alfredo. Like Alfredo pasta? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Once again, Penn State collected a 35-7 to victory over the Purdue Boilermakers this past Saturday to move to 5-0 and on the season and 2-0 and in conference play as they will now shift their attention towards Iowa. Jesse, let's jump off the football field a little bit. So tell me about where you grew up. Obviously, it's not in the United States. You grew up yes, in, in Canada. Yes, sir. So what was, was home like? Um, it's a great experience. I was originally born in Edmonton, Alberta, on the west coast of Canada. Um, you know, once I was born at Edmonton, I'm the, I'm the baby. I'm the youngest of seven, um, seven, youngest of seven. Um, so it was, it was pretty, pretty tough. Honestly, I'm a mama's boy. I love my mama. Uh, she was able to actually make it up to this game this past week with my coach and my best friend. Um, we actually, we grew up together as well. So, you know, having my mom, she, she, honestly, she's my, she's my biggest inspiration. Um, you know, having her in the stands this, this past weekend was it was a great moment for me because I always feel as if you play your best football when you have your loved ones in the stands. So it was a great it was a great time for me. But growing up in Canada, it was tough. You know, being the baby, you know, I didn't really get to do a lot too much because I always had my siblings hovering over me, making sure I was doing everything accordingly. Especially with my mom, she was always working late shifts or or working overtime. So my my sisters honestly they helped raise me. Um, you know. Uh, I got a sister, Leslie, Laura, Guylaine, Sandrine, and uh, Miji, and then my two older brothers, Gino and Joe. So that's that's the whole gang. Holy cow. You're the youngest of seven. So when you look back at that, you said that they were kind of hovering over you a little bit, Always. but also helping you grow up. Uh, what was what was a typical day like in your household? Um, it got to a point when I was younger where 
Um, I was never really good at spelling. I had a problem. I don't know what it was. I just, it wasn't my thing. So it got to a point, every day I come home from school, my sisters always makes me sit down and I'd have to spell a bunch of words. I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't go outside and play until I had at least an hour and a half done of words I've spelled. <laughs> so I used to hate it, but now when I look back at it, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for, for what they did to me because, you know, I feel as if they really instilled that, that hard working and just being diligent in everything I do. Um, you know, I was joking around and telling my sisters how, how much of a hassle it was for me. But, you know, end of the day, a part of me is thankful for it. But um, I would come home from school, do that, and then just be a kid, watch my cartoons, watch my show. I was actually, when I was younger, one of one of my favorite shows to watch was Seventh Heaven. I don't know if you've ever seen <laughs> Oh, yeah. It. That was my show. The theme song and all, I still, I still memorize <laughs> it. That was my show. So I, I'd finish my stuff, and then once I would finish, Seventh Heaven would be rolling on, onto the TV. So I would just sit down, watch my show. And that was it. Did you have a uh, specific word that you still struggle spelling or anything like that that sticks in your head every single time you think about that word? Mississippi. Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi. That was one word I remember when my sister's cheese had me down and started learning. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. Did you get the little uh, riddle thing? The M-I-S-S-I-S? Yeah. Yeah. You got it, that down. It came after a while. After a while. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. All right. So then your mom, you're obviously very close to her. Rose, Absolutely. she comes and supports you every single game that's possible. And I'm sure your siblings are very close to you as well. You mentioned your high school coach uh, as well. But tell me about your relationship with your mom. Um, you know, being that I'm the baby of the family, I, I was really able to just always spend time with my mom. Um, growing up, I, I never really had my own room, so I'd always just be with my mom. So, you know, um, it wasn't really easy having to having to raise all those kids on her own. So I would see how she would struggle and, you know, the, the countless nights where she wouldn't get sleep or come home late, and I'd just be able to spend time with her. So, you know, I feel as if, you know, she really – made sure to give us the world so I'm, I'm in a position where you know I'm, I'm here at Penn State making sure I'm getting a great education you know I'm living my dreams playing football on Saturdays doing doing something where where I'm from it's, it's not very common you know um, as far as myself and someone who I consider you know a big brother Neville Gallimore who's playing football at Oklahoma right now for the Sooners um, we're, we're some of the only individuals to be doing this right now playing collegiate football at a prime time level at, at an a prime time level at a power five conference level um, you know so um, just being from an inspiration aspect for the kids back home, I feel as if, you know, we're doing something for the culture and something that we really want to, you know, show kids back home that if we're doing it, you know, there's no exception wise, they can't be doing it as well. So, you know, you know, I, I always try to look back to the phrase where it takes a village, you know, it takes mm. a village to really to help you um, along your journey to where you want to go. So you know, it wasn't it wasn't easy for me. I had I had a, a multitude of people help me, you know, get to where I'm at now. So it's like for the kids back home, I want to make sure if, if there's anything I could do, I, I want to do it. You know, it wasn't easy for me, so I want to make sure I'm in a position where I can, you know, be a part of their journey as well. Because you know, we're 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 doing something special, so I want to be able to have kids back home do the same thing I'm doing. You know, it's a blessing, so I want to make sure I could I could keep expanding and keep you know uh, having these handouts for for others. You've mentioned a couple of times that obviously it wasn't very easy for you. You talked about your mom growing up and how she had to work numerous jobs to just make things work. But what do you think you learned from all that that makes you who you are today? Um, you know, nothing in this life comes easy. Um, nothing's going to be given out. You have to go out and earn it every single day. Um, you know, everyone's journey is going to be different, but um, it doesn't take away from the fact that you're going to have to work. Stay hungry and stay driven. That's one thing my mother really instilled in me. Um, to, to remain humble and be diligent. 
those, those are those are some of the things I could really say that you know just spending time with my mother um she's wise beyond her years she's <laughs> she's seen a lot of things you know from from migrating from Africa to to come to Canada I'm not sure when she migrated I can't give you the exact year but she's seen a lot of a lot of things in her years so that's one thing I feel that I felt as if she's been able to pass on to me because you know she she's a, a very a very diligent and diligent lady does she ever tell you why she ended up in Canada um, absolutely. She, she, she left Congo to, to try and set up a better life for, for me and my siblings because at the time, you know, it was a war torn country. So, you know, that wasn't something, it wasn't an environment she wanted us to grow up in. What was your first experience like in the United States? My first experience in the United States, um, it was different, honestly, you know, just getting, the, getting, the, uh, acclimated to the, to the, to a whole new environment was different for me because, you know, coming from Canada, um, I would say Canadians are very polite. <laughs> Canadians are very polite. So it was it was different for me, but I love it. I love it. So when was your first experience exactly uh, coming so in the United States? I left Canada when I was, i say, about the age of 14. Um, I was going to attend school in Erie, Pennsylvania. So I got in contact with my coach at the time, uh, Jeff Root, who's, coach, who's currently still coaching at Mercier's Prep. And I just told him about the opportunity and what I wanted to do. Um, I had aspirations of, you know, um, at some point, trying to play collegiate football at the Power Five level, um, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was hungry for it. So he told me the opportunity that was there, and you know I had an opportunity to come into ten school and be living abroad. And he told me it wasn't going to be easy at the time. The school wasn't; they weren't a, a big winning school. They didn't have uh, you know state championships under their belt. But he told me I could come here and play football and try to make and turn my dream into reality. So I took it. Um, I just you know I took a leap of faith. And I made the best of my opportunity. I just, it's a blessing. I'm thankful for the opportunity he he allowed for me and my family. And you know, I'm forever indebted. Rewind a little bit for me. How did you begin playing the game of football? Because there's such a stereotype right. of Canada and you're going right. to play hockey. And right. that's the big thing up there. Ontario, Vancouver, Ottawa, all that stuff. But how did you start playing football? Well, for one, I actually, I grew up, I, I enjoyed watching hockey, but it was too expensive. You know, for, for me, I was the baby of the family of seven. So, you know, my mom couldn't afford it. Um, so did your siblings play hockey at all? My brother actually did when he was younger. Okay. He played hockey, and then he stopped. I'm not, I'm not sure why he did, but he just he just lost. He lost the love for it. So um, growing up, I was I was an athlete. I played everything from soccer. The only thing I didn't play was baseball. I don't know why I, I didn't play baseball, but I played everything. Um, from from te- I, I even tried tennis. <laughs> I tried tennis. I liked it. If I had a ball, I wanted to play it. But it wasn't until this one time, I'll never forget this story. Uh, me and my mom, we were in the superstore. And you know how, like, in the superstore, how we have, they always have those games, like the big box for, like, three, four, five dollars. Yeah. So I seen a, a Madden game. I didn't know what it was at the time. This is my mom had just bought me a PlayStation. I seen Madden, and I was like, I want to try it out. So I begged my mom to buy it, and she bought it for me. I went home, started playing it. I was like, this game's pretty fun. I liked it. And then I told my mom, I really like football. Like she, she, my mom, she still doesn't understand football. She's still learning, you know, trying to grasp the concept of the game and everything. So I'm telling her I want to play football. I want to play football. And I found a team in the area at the time. It was the South Ottawa Mustangs. And, you know, she told, she, she couldn't sign me up because she'd be working lengthy hours. So um, after school, I got in contact with the coaches, and I walked to practice. And that was where I encountered my coach, who to this day, you know, um, I keep him right, right on my hip because he's someone who really made it um, possible for me to be here in the States. Um, he would take me to and from practice. Um, he would make sure after practice I had food in my belly. Take what if it wasn't Dairy Queen to to Burger King. <laughs> like he'd make sure whatever it didn't matter to him. Um, he'd even take me take me to his house on the weekends. You know he he made me really a part of the family. 
he he opened he opened up arms and embraced me and my family. So uh, his name was Danny Nizrella. And he honestly, I look up to him like a father figure because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be playing ball right now. Um, but yeah, so he he made it possible for me. He would take me to and back from practice, two games. And you know, my mom, she 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 was really in the church. I grew up in the church, so Sundays was when we would play. So there was times she couldn't make it to my games, and he would make sure everything was good and take me to and from games and whatnot. And that's where I really felt I found my my love for football. So first off, you fell in love with the game of football. Mm-hmm. From basically playing Madden yep. when you were in a superstore <laughs> yep. and you got that. That's yep. wild, man. It is, it is. It is. Wow. So when did you know that you could play at the next level? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I knew I could play at the next level, but what I did know is, you know, I love this game of football and I was hungry for it. Um, you know, a lot of people could tell you that that have no means since I was a kid. I wasn't always the biggest, I wasn't always the strongest kid, but what I did have was drive. I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew I'm going to find a way to do it. Um, it was funny because I was talking with my, my high school my high school gym teacher coach uh, the other day, and he was telling me, so at the time, I'd, I'd always tell him, like, coach, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go play in the States. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm hungry for it. And, you know, some of my teachers, they were live. Jesse's not serious. And, you know, granted, I wasn't. I wasn't always as focused and driven as I am today because, you know, I had one foot in the football stuff, and I had one foot in, you know, just me being a kid uh, a foolish kid and it wasn't until that I really you know sat down and really told myself I really want to do this I'm gonna I'm gonna need to have two feet two feet in and really embrace the fact that I'm gonna have to be diligent I'm gonna have to be hungry I'm gonna have to be that dedicated to to really pursuing this dream so once I really did that um you know it wasn't it wasn't nothing for me I was I was focused um that's when I really I told I told my mom I really want to go live abroad and study abroad and 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 start making my dreams and turning them into reality so when you put two feet in, you committed to football. Absolutely. Y- you go and study abroad. At the age of 14. At the age of 14, uh, man. I mean, for you to move away from home, what was that like? It was hard. Um, you know, I'm a mama's boy, so, you know, just being away from my mom, um, it wasn't always easy for me, you know. One thing, my mom, I love her cooking. So the fact that I was leaving home, I was going to have my mom cook for me, and it wasn't like she could be, she could send me food. So I had to really just embrace the fact that I'm going to be pursuing my dreams. And my mom, she's my biggest supporter. Um, it wasn't it wasn't easy for her seeing her baby leave the house either. But she knew that, you know, the the bigger picture, the end goal. Um, until this day, I always told her, like, look, you see where we're at now. Why stop now? You know, you believed in me back then. You definitely going to keep believing in me now. So, you know, she laughs and, you know, she she, she believes in, what, in, my, in my dream. And she knows that, you know, um, in a couple of years, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come into fruition. Take me through the process of when you did move away from home mm-hmm. and you lived out your dream, and obviously you're still living out your dream and you're going to continue to do so, but take me from the day that you had to move away from home. Um, it was actually funny how it originally started. So I left home and I didn't tell nobody. And Originally, I was supposed to actually go attend school in Chattanooga, Tennessee, to a school called McCulley. It was an all-boys school at the time. Excuse me. I had taken a visit, and um, I enjoyed it. Like, it was, I think at the time it was, like, 50K to go there. But financially, I couldn't. But they were going to give me a financial scholarship and everything. So everything was set. But I broke my ankle. So at that point in time, like, I let them know, like, I don't think I'll be able to, you know, meet the deadlines when I'm supposed to enroll and, you know, be able to compete. So I didn't know if they were still going to, you know, hold up the financial aspect. So I kind of scrambled. I didn't know what I was going to do. 
So that's when I, you know, I started, I started, I was a little kid at the age of 14, sending these emails to these coaches, letting them know that, you know, I'm a kid from Canada. Um, I'm eager to, to play football at the highest level, but financially, you know, that's, that's the only barrier. And once I got in contact with uh, my coach, Jeff Root, you know, he was the one who really, you know, put it on the table that I could really come to Erie, Pennsylvania, and we're going to find a way for, for you to, you know, to really to be, to be in school. All right. So then you land in Erie. Mm-hmm. What were those coming days like, aside from it missing was, your mom's cooking? It was it was different, you know, from from, from a, a education standpoint. Like it was tough. I had to really be on my p's and q's because at the time when I was in school in Canada, I wasn't I wasn't really a, a dedicated student. I didn't really take school as serious as I should have, and it was hard because my my grades that I received in Canada they showed for that. So you know, being in Erie, um, I had to make up for that. I had to you know take some courses. I had to you know take extra extra credit courses that really counted towards NCAA, um, NCAA requirements. Because at the time in Canada, um, my, my academic advisors, they weren't really aware of, you know, NCAA required classes and whatnot. So I was just taking classes to take them. So it wasn't until I came to the U.S. that, you know, I was, I was aware of what I was, I needed to have so I'd be eligible to, you know, graduate on time and be uh, considered a, a eligible recruit and whatnot. So, um, once I was able to tackle all of that, you know, I was like, all right, I'm on, I'm on the right track. Let's get the ball rolling. Um, and things started getting into play. So did you know about the NCAA college football, all I that didn't. stuff when you were in Canada? I didn't. So when I did didn't. you come to learn about that? Was it when you landed in Erie? Yeah, once once I came to Erie and I started really um, learning about, like, college football and, like, the requirements so you, to, to play college football, that I started learning about what um, it's going to take and what you're going to have to do. So you're seriously like a take it one day, yeah, one was, step at a time type of guy. Yeah, so when man. you moved to Erie, you said that you were going to live out a dream, and obviously yeah. that was football. Was the yeah. dream at that time to just play football in the United States and then hopefully get to the NFL one day? Like, how did all that add up? I knew I knew it. I'd have to be a student of the game, and I'd have to be um, a great student athlete. But I didn't know exactly what it, it would all entail. So it wasn't until that I got to Erie that, you know, I sat down and my coach started breaking everything down to me. And, you know, it was a lot at first. It was a lot to swallow, but um, I knew I didn't move all the way from Canada just to stop now because it was a lot of information. You know, I just, I took it, took it to the chin, you know, chin up, and I was ready to attack it. All right, so then you land in Erie. You start playing football. You become a student of the game and the classroom and on the field. But is there a role model or somebody that you kind of fell in love with when you would watch college football? I'm assuming you turned it on on Saturday afternoons, Saturday mornings, whatever it is, and you're like, oh, this is is pretty freaking sweet. I could do this. I wouldn't say I had um, a role model. I would say I just fell in love with with Penn State, just seeing, watching them every Saturday. Um, It wasn't until I took, what was it, I think my sophomore, Sophomore, end of sophomore year when I arrived in the area, I came up to a visit. I think it was a June, what was it? I can't, even, I can't remember the exact day I came up. But I came up for a visit with my coach and just being here, you know, just being able to, to feel the atmosphere and be a part of, you know, the recruiting aspect. Like I was blown away. I didn't take any other visits to any other institutions. Actually, I did visit Syracuse because that was one of the other closest schools proximity-wise to Canada. But aside from that, you know, I was blown away by the Penn State fan base, the atmosphere. And I just knew I wanted to become a Penn Stater. So you were Penn State from pretty much the start. I was. I was. What was your process like when you were communicating with Coach Franklin? Um, honestly, my process was honestly pretty funny. Coach Pry, he'll t- he, can, he can validate this story because it got to a point where 
I was taking so many visits up here, like, and they knew I, I was a I was all in for Penn State. Uh, that's all I wanted. I didn't want to go anywhere else. Um, I would visit up here, camp up here, a, a, a multi, multiple amount of times, and I still didn't have an offer. It got to a point where I started getting offers, and I was getting upset. I'm like, what's going on? I was in Coach Pry, want to pull the trigger and just give me an offer. And um, Coach Pry ended up coming up to one of my basketball games. And I didn't think he was going to offer me. I thought he was just, you know, Coach Pry's coming again. Like, oh, all right. You know, he came to the basketball game, and then he was there. Um, it wasn't until after I'm talking with my head coach, and he was like, yeah, Coach Pry was here. We were talking. We are having a good conversation. And he just said it so nonchalant. Oh, yeah, and he gave you an offer. Like, it, didn't, it didn't process. It didn't process to me directly, but I was listening. I was like, well, what? Run that back. What'd you say? <laughs> and then I started I started going crazy, and I posted that offer that, that very night. And it wasn't until, I think, like two two weeks later I committed. But I knew the minute the minute I heard, it, you know, they finally gave me the offer, I knew I was going to commit. What was it like when you received that offer? Obviously, you went nuts, but then you got to go back home and share that yeah. story with your mom and family. Um, you know, I was I was ecstatic. I was I was beyond I was beyond happy because it was it was that was the only thing I wanted. You know, so everything I worked for, I felt as if you know it was I, I earned it. You know, I was happy. The coaches, the coaches felt as if you know they were comfortable with taking me as a recruit, and I was ready to just come here and get to work. What was the single thing you think that stuck out that? you had Penn State circled on your radar from day one? Um, honestly, it's the fact that it's LBU. Um, they all, I've always I've always felt as if if you want to be remembered as one of the best or if you want to be the best, you either got to go compete with the best or go where the best have been. So, you know, with that mindset, I felt as if it's only right for me to try and live, keep the tradition alive and strong and just keep contributing to it. That's why I felt as if coming to Penn State would be the best fit for me. You know, you know the type of the type of linebackers they've had here. You, you, the list the list is is deep from Levar Levar Arrington to Navarro Bowman to Paul Pozlesny to Sean Lee to Dan Connor and the list goes on and on. You know, it's 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 insane. You know, just the fact that you know we come to work every single day and you know we see those names on All American Board, Michael Monty, like that's 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 nuts. It's nuts. So speaking of going up against one of the best, obviously you get to do so every single day with sure. Micah Parsons. You guys sure. are extremely close. Absolutely, that's my right hand man. Why? Why is why is that relationship so tight? Um, I can't describe it. It's just, it just is like that's that's just someone who you know from the from the day we we enrolled early together. That was my roommate, and you know we were just tied to the hip. You know, if you, if you see one, you see the other. You know, they always laugh. People people call us Cobra and Caesar. And that's just us, you know, we're on the field, like, we, we're just having fun in the jungle. Like, the field, the game of football, we're in the jungle, we're having fun, we're on the field. Is he almost like, a, I know we talked about this a little bit before we even started the podcast, but you guys have such a relationship that mm -hmm. he's kind of your family, Absolutely. your state's that's family, if you will. That's my brother. What is it like when you guys hang out outside of the um, field? His family, you know, um, he's, his family, they embrace me with open arms. Um, I call them my, my adopted family. In the United States, you know, whenever we get an opportunity to go back to Harrisburg, you know, being that it's only an hour away home, um, you know, we get to we get to go home and spend time with his family and his mom. You know, she's a great cook. She's always cooking some good mac and cheese, yams, collard greens. She, I love it. So you know, whenever we have the opportunity, just go spend time with his family, his sisters, his brother, and you know, his son. You know, it's just a great time. All right, I got a little video for you that we're gonna play with some audio in it. 
I'm, I'm going to let the fans try to kind of pick out what you say. That's become kind of the hit phrase between right. you and I would say Micah. And I mean, right. last Saturday I was standing out in front of the tunnel and you guys right. were going nuts together doing your thing. But it's kind of a phrase that's picked up some steam. So we're going to ask about that. The alarm clock goes off in the morning. Are you going to hit the snooze button or are you going to get up and attack the day? It's just little decisions like that. All those little decisions add up because you're willing to sacrifice small things now for big things later. We're going to be there for you, baby. If we fight harder than anybody in the country and we run to the ball better than anybody in the country and we finish plays better than anybody in the country, we'll be damn successful. Just that! Take that! Move! 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 It's being willing to make the right decision moment after moment and typically the tough decision. All right. Real simple. It's real simple. Where'd that come from? Um, honestly, I don't know where exactly it originated from. I think me and Michael were just, we were sitting one day and we were like, I think he said it, he said it's simple. And I don't know what we were talking about. And I was like, I like that. It's real simple. And it's stuck. And ever since, every single time we're on the field and when it's time to really start getting rowdy, that's the first time it comes to mind. It's real simple. No matter what it is, you make a big play, it's real simple. It's what you expect. Simplicity. It's real simple. That's it's, the that's, definition that's, of it. That's, that's our standard. It's real simple. It's, it's, there's, it's not, it, it doesn't have to be complex. Did you think that would catch on with the entire team? I didn't, but it has. <laughs> oh, it has. <laughs> it has. <laughs> they've, they've embraced it. And I love it. When They call me Mr. Simple. <laughs> I like it. All right, Jesse, I appreciate you joining us on this episode of the Unrivaled Podcast, and best of luck to you the Thank rest you. of this season and in the future, all right? It was a pleasure. Thank you. We'll see you next time on the Unrivaled Podcast. Yo, what's up? Unrivaled, the official podcast of Penn State football. <laughs>